buckle your seatbelt and hold on, where Nashville music scene comes alive, right where you are. You're listening to Notable Nashville Podcast with your host, Groove Dr. J. Don't miss a beat. What's going on, everybody? I'm Sammy Ariaga, and this is my original song, On God. Hope you guys like it. Thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast. You just heard Sammy Ariaga perform On God. That was uh, one of your earlier releases, not your latest one, right? Yeah, that's right. I dropped that song uh, sometime in 2021, and uh, it was part of my debut album, Boots and Beats. And I, I was listening to it a little bit today. Uh, there's a lot of tracks on there. There's like 20, 21, 22 tracks on it. Yeah. I'm just like that. I love people that release, artists that release albums with a lot of tracks, because like if you enjoy an artist, you want to listen to a lot of content, which is pretty cool. I mean, uh, at least I do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we live in kind of like a singles, you know, 
time with when it comes to music, you know, especially with social media, like people having such short attention spans. But uh-huh. I've always been a huge fan of, you know, dropping like a, like I guess just like a photo album. That's what I call it, a photo album of, of, uh, of songs because I see songs as snapshots of who I was in that moment in time. Uh-huh. And so like, you know, putting out an album, you know, really brings together all the different moments of my life and, uh, you know, it, it creates a good display of who I of who I've become in the past like four to five years. For so. sure. So, how long were you writing that album, or how how long did it take you to put out all those songs? It was uh, I would say it took me about five five to six years. Oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah, because a lot of those songs have had already been out uh-huh. um, like five or six years ago. Um, so with this album, I decided to drop like six brand new ones, but then I brought back a lot of the older songs to kind of bring back that older audience, you know, from back in the day and, uh, kind of reboot them with, with, with the debut album. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I enjoy it. And, uh, I, I also want to talk about your new single too, but we'll talk about that later. First, I want to talk about, um, you know, you're really big into the NFT, like music NFTs, and you were giving me a little bit of knowledge on it of like what it was. Let me see if I can explain what you were telling me. So, um, you know, you, you buy this digital asset and it's basically your, your brand and people can buy into it and it can also fluctuate on the market. Um, Mm -hmm. as far as, uh, cryptocurrency goes is if, you know, the cryptocurrency is doing better, you're obviously doing better because you purchased into it. Correct. Um, but I don't know. I'm just giving a preface of what you said, but give us a little knowledge of, uh, of your NFT or what you, what you do to create one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I started doing NFTs last uh, October, uh, October 2021, and uh, I didn't know anything. I literally it was, I had a little bit of crypto in my Coinbase account, but a buddy of mine from back home, he had already been pretty, you know, versed in the space. He had a few NFTs himself he was collecting, and he was already part of some of these communities because the cool thing about NFTs is that there's communities behind them. You know, okay. there's you know, groups of people that all come together to talk about the same topic, which is the art or the music or just what the project is. Um, and then the NFT just is just the token. It's just the visual representation of what they're all like talking about. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I, I started learning about blockchain technology, um, you know, how crypto operates and how it appreciates and depreciates, you know, in value um, and how to take a piece of art, you know, just a visual, like a 2D art or 3D art, um, and then attach music to it and drop it on the blockchain, which is where what, what I did with my first music NFT uh, for my fir- uh, my first Web3 love song, Metagirl. Um, I figured it was going to be kind of like a, a nod to the space by writing a love song about Web3 and just digital love. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And uh, about four or five months in, you know, I took what I what I learned, you know, via Twitter and the this new audio technology that Twitter has called Twitter Spaces, where you can chat with people from all over the world in real time. Um, I took what I learned and I applied it and I found me some developers, some coders, some, you know, website uh, designers as well. And, you know, put together an awesome project and um, it turned out to be really successful. Thank God. Um it was uh, pretty much uh, a visual, a visualizer, a 3D visualizer of a beating heart in a laboratory, um, kind of like a Spotify canvas that it lasts eight seconds and then yeah. it just like loops over again. Um, and then I attached the entire song Metagirl uh, to that NFT um, and we sold about 1,500 music NFTs and oh, wow. sold out in 48 hours. 
Yeah. So when you say sell out, there's only a limited amount of them. Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ever. Okay. Ever, which is the cool thing. So all of a sudden, an NFT is can also be seen as a digital collectible. So you know, think of it almost like a like a deck of cards that Sammy made. Uh-huh. That he'll only make fifteen hundred of those exact cards, ever, like only one time in for the rest of his existence. And so. Um, that's what we did. We treated them as like, you know, uh, art collectibles with music attached to them. And, you know, I had been in the space already, you know, quite, uh, quite a few months. And so I was able to, you know, showcase these NFTs to all the same people that had heard me sing on Twitter spaces oh, wow. for all this time. And, you know, they came through and, you know, had my back and supported me during these times. And, you know, we were blessed with a, with a sellout pretty quick and um, awesome. even got us a nomination at the NFT NYC Awards uh, this year uh, in New York, um, where we were nominated for best application of music NFTs to the music industry. And you won, right? I did not win. Oh, you did? Uh, our oh, good you friend win, Blau but... won. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, Blau's incredible. He's also a DJ, uh, songwriter. Um, he's working on an incredible platform called Royal.io, where artists can take their masters and actually fractionalize a percentage of their master and sell it to the, to the fan. Oh, wow. Which okay. is quite mind-blowing. First of its kind, I've never heard anything like it, but they're doing pretty awesome stuff at Royal, and uh, we might be doing something with them very soon. Okay, cool. Uh, well, how many, how many people got nominated? It was five in the world. Only five? Okay. Yeah. So I feel like a dick by saying you won, and you're like, no, I didn't win. But, <laughs> but you know what? I will say, look, even though we're very early in the space and there's not many, like, many creators still, you know, onboarding into the space and creating. Um, the fact that we were nominated, you know, only within those five globally, uh-huh. it's already a win for me yeah, and my community. Um, and, you know, the fact that I got to celebrate just that nomination with everybody who invested and, and like bought one of my NFTs just brought more value to the village that we're putting together, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. So you, you spoke of Spotify's spaces. Were you over on Clubhouse? Did you ever do that? I did. I did it for a little while, but I did it like locally in Nashville. Mm -hmm. So I I mainly did spaces with people that um, were literally in the the Nashville area, but I never really did like the global ones, like the the more vast ones, because I felt like I love to be the one that like asked to speak. (laughs) And I felt like when it comes to those bigger ones, like global ones, that I wasn't going to have the ability to speak because other people were already in front of like, you know, in the line. But um. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the concept, you know, Clubhouse had their own, you know, audio platform where people could get to chat in real time and Twitter has that as well. But Twitter is heavily leaning towards NFTs and Web3 and crypto. Awesome. So hold on, was it Twitter spaces or was it Spotify spaces? No, it's Twitter spaces. It's Twitter spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a a tool that Twitter has, yeah. Because I know Spotify has their own like uh, chat as well. I don't know what it's called, but... They just uh, added uh, like a live podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, so it's okay. more of a podcast thing. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, I was really big into Clubhouse when the pandemic hit. It was just fun to kind of get on and meet new people. And I've actually met quite a few people that live like clear cl- across the country. And we mm-hmm. met on Clubhouse, but we met in real life as well. So yeah. it's kind of cool to kind of connect people that way. But yeah, definitely in the same ge- geography, awesome. Mm-hmm. it's awesome to promote your stuff, your music and everything. So Yeah, that uh, happened when I went to New York just recently. I, you know... Uh, after selling out Metagirl and having, you know, a little bit over 850 unique holders of my NFTs, uh-huh. um, I was able to meet up in New York with a lot of the, you know, the, the people that hold they my NFTs. It. Yeah, it was wow. really cool to actually, you know, get to meet them in person and, you know, even have drinks with them and just create memories because yeah. 
these people are not only investors in, in my music, but they're investors in my dream and my mm -hmm. journey. Because, I mean, they're holding on to these assets, not just for one song, uh -huh. but they're like literally like investing in me and my career. Yeah. And so for them to be able to hang out with me in real, in, in real life for a little while and just create a few memories only adds more value to that asset that they hold in their wallet. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to get a little bit of your backstory. I know you grew up in uh, Florida, Miami. Mm -hmm. That's um, correct. So what brought you to, to Nashville? Was it mainly just to do music or um, what was your what was your journey here? Yeah, that's right. Um, I fell in love with music um, sometime when I was in, I'd say maybe my junior year or senior year in high, of high school. Um, I found myself performing at the talent shows, um, singing at local bars and clubs, um, and I just knew that music was a huge passion of mine. And um, I decided to move to Nashville in 2011 because I knew that Nashville was a music city. A mm -hmm. lot of people were whispering in my ear saying, go to Nashville, that you're going to love it there. And so decided to pack my bags, uh, come to Nashville. I probably knew maybe like three or four people. Um, and uh, I was blessed, you know, early on. I got to meet some incredible hit songwriters and producers and industry people um, that, you know, kind of sh uh, shine, shine the light on, you know, on the right path. They mm -hmm. kind of, you know, took me down the right path to start off in and um, got to work immediately. Um, start, was writing like every single day, um, started playing on Broadway, um, did that for many years, you know, the honky tonk scene and um, just instantly fell in love with the town. And and uh, now we're now we're still here, man. 13 wow, years awesome. later. So that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I moved here in 2008 to go to school and. I moved back home in Illinois for about a year, but I had to come back. I, there's just something about the city, just the music and the, the entertainment. You can go yeah. to a concert every night and something I'm, in the air, man. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun town for sure. Um, so would you, would you, uh, see yourself moving anywhere else to further your music career or is it, is Nashville kind of your, your place that you want to stay? You know, I'm totally open-minded. You know, I I, I want to explore more of the of the globe at some point. Mm -hmm. um, I do see myself, you know, in God's name, if things start chugging along more and, you know, more resources start coming in, I wouldn't mind being more mobile, like working remotely yeah. and just like start traveling the world and just, you know, start exploring places that I've never been to. Um, but for now, I think the home base remains uh, being in Nashville. Um, a lot of my collaborators live in Nashville as well. Um, and I just have a really good circuit of shows as well in Nashville where, you know, at any time, if I need a show, if I have friends coming into town, you know, I can make a few calls and, you know, fire up a show if I need to. But, yeah. but I just love the, the energy, the inspiration that's in the air, you know, everybody fuels each other. Everybody sure. can p either play or sing or write a song. You know, I just love that how everybody's so concentrated in one town. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any, any other town in the world like it. No, it's definitely a unique a unique, a unique place here. Um, but I do want to talk about your new single because I really like it. Um, Chevy Bel Air. Yeah. Uh, it kind of has this Cuban, uh, influence, which you're, are you, are you, uh, ethnic? Uh, yeah. Ethnically La yeah. Yeah. Latin? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I come from a Latin American background. Okay. Uh, my whole family was actually uh, born and raised in Cuba. Um, and I'm actually the first gen in the family. Wow. Uh, I was born in Miami, Florida, um, and, uh, lived there my whole life until maybe like 17 or 18. And that's when I packed my bags and came to Nashville. But, uh, I was actually not raised on country music. I will be honest about that. Um, Miami, as you could tell, Miami is a huge melting pot of a ton of cultures. And so being so, uh, 
heavily in the Latin, you know, culture in Miami. Um, I would listen to salsa, merengue, reggaeton, um, hip hop and rap, which is pretty popular in Miami as well. And uh-huh. EDM, you know, the EDM scene's pretty hot down there. Um, but I've always been a lover of all kinds of music. Um, and I love to naturally just sing and write songs and lyrics. And so that's why I gravitated towards country music because I loved, you know, old school rap a lot. And so the thing about old school rap is that it tells incredible stories. It has a lot of visuals. Um, and I felt that country music held that same magic. And so I started diving into the genre, fell in love with it instantly. And I just knew that I had a place in country music as a Hispanic American. So, wow, that's awesome. So can you share a little bit about the song? Um, who you wrote it with or was it just all you or how did it come about? Yeah, I actually wrote the song with three of my really good friends, Eduardo Jaramillo, which is actually my best friend from back home that convinced me to do music, believe it or not. Um, My buddy Tom Wall, uh, he is an incredible producer, singer, songwriter here in town. Um, And uh, his lady friend, Emily Earl, uh, also incredible singer, songwriter, a really good friend of mine. And uh, we all got together and, you know, we felt like... I, you know, at this season in my life, I really, I really should have tapped into my Latin roots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of bring in that Latin culture, the Cuban percussion, the horns, the shakers, you know, it's just so fun and lively. I feel like everybody, especially right now, needs a little pick me up. And For so sure. we wanted to write something that'll uplift people and make them feel good. Like they're on a beach or just driving down the highway. And so, um, we, we got a good little rhythm going, as you can tell when you listen to the song and, um, the, the, the scene is that, you know, you're inside of a old school Chevy Bel Air, which is a very popular car in the, in the Cuban culture. Um, because you know how, like they say that Cuba is kind of like jumping in a time machine, uh-huh. you know, they, they still ride around old in these school. like retro cars yeah, and like yeah. for them it's normal, but for us it's like, Whoa, those cars are crazy. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I've always wanted to also write a country song that took place in Cuba because I, you know, being from Cuba, um, I wanted to shine a light on that as well. You know, I, I feel like a lot of country songs are based in Mexico. And uh, I think it's uh, very important to make uh, the country audience aware that there's more Latin American countries than just Mexico. You know, there's Cuba, there's Argentina, there's Chile, Colombia, Venezuela, and they're all gorgeous countries. And so um, I figured it'd be a good way to, you know, tap into my roots by putting me in a car with a pretty girl For in a sure. Chevy Bella in Havana. So Well it definitely um, is a feel good song and uh yeah. it's it's definitely uh gets you moving, gets you want to wanting to dance, at least for me. But yep. um I kinda wanna hear like a special acoustic performance. You wanna play it for us? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get it. Chevy 
the way to ten. Oh, I can almost taste it. Classic in the making, drowning in adrenaline. Yeah, you're making Havana feel like I'm in heaven. Looking at you, yeah, see triple seven. Didn't take long to make you my obsession. Hard to keep my eyes on the road. Baby, I got it in drive. You got your hands in the Making this love for a ride Feels like we're going somewhere Lost in the heat of the night Ocean breeze pulling your hair Baby, we feel so alive In this old Chevy guy I'm Sammy Ariaga, and you can learn more about me and my music at sammynft.com. And you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever your favorite platform is. Just type in Sammy Ariaga, and there I'll be. Talk soon.